I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scant Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always warns us about the latest scams. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. Good to be here. I got a recent newsletter from the Fraud Watch Network. That's AARP's organization. And the title is kind of interesting. It was 2022, the year in scams. So this is yet another sort of recap of things that happened in the year that just passed. And apparently each year, the AARP Fraud Watch Networks looks back at the prevalent scams. And the thought being that if a scam is successful, the crooks will keep using it and we need to be forewarned for the coming year. You know, Vicki, you know, some scams just seem like they don't go away. And you know, the ones I'm talking about, I mean, they just keep coming and coming and coming. And I guess it's because they're working. Mm -hmm. So what do we need to watch out for in the new year? Well, apparently identity fraud, that's what they're calling it. Identity fraud is topping the charts this last year. What exactly do they mean by identity fraud? When your personal information is stolen, we call that identity theft. When your stolen data are used fraudulently, then we call that identity fraud. And as we've learned, there's lots of ways that crooks will steal our personal information. For example, stealing our mail, hacking into corporate databases, using texts, emails, phone calls, all of these things to trick us into sharing that information. Yeah, Vicki, and I know we've talked before about how to protect ourselves from having our data stolen, but can you remind us again as we go into this new year? Of course. So this is what the article said, avoid sharing sensitive information to anyone who contacts you. So as soon as you get a phone call and somebody starts asking for your personal information, even if they claim to be your bank, don't give it. And if they call you and ask you to complete a survey, that's a very tricky way to get personal information. So don't do that. Avoid clicking on links in emails or texts. And we've talked a lot about this. And avoid giving anybody remote access to your computer. Right. And we've had quite a few shows where we've talked about that, especially tech support scams, where you're talked into giving someone who's saying they want to help you access to your computer for tech support, remote access. That's right. And another suggestion that they made was to set up a fraud alert or a credit freeze to protect against some unauthorized person taking out credit in your name. And Patty, you can do this by contacting any of their credit reporting agencies. And I'll just give you one, Experian. And you get to that by going to www.experian.com. You can also contact Equifax or TransUnion. The website is similar, www.transunion.com, www.equifax.com. So it's very easy to contact these reporting agencies and you can ask that they set up a credit alert or a credit freeze. So the next big fraud category is imposter scams. And again, we've talked a lot about this. Right. So imposter scam, that's when someone from an organization you trust, whether they contact you by phone, email or text, pretends to be someone they're not. 
That's exactly right. It can be your bank, your credit card company, government agency. And it's also common for somebody to contact you by social media. This seems to be kind of the new one, pretending to be a friend. And it seems like there's always some urgent problem that they try to instill fear somehow. Yes. And they'll tell you that your electricity is going to be cut off because you haven't paid your bill or your social security is being suspended or that you've been involved in some kind of criminal activity and you need to post bail. The crooks are trying to get us in a state of heightened emotion so that we don't think clearly. And the social security scam has become so common, Patty, that if you get any information from the Department of Social Services, the envelope has on the back in great big letters, scam alert. And here's what it says. Scammers are pretending to be government employees. They may threaten you and may demand immediate payment to avoid arrest or other legal action. Do not be fooled. Big letters. Those are large letters. Thank you for showing that. I guess these scams are not going to go away anytime soon. I hate to be negative, but I think the best thing that we can do is to educate ourselves. That way we won't get caught in these situations. Any other tips on how to avoid them? Well, here's what it says on the back of the envelope from the Department of Social Security. If you receive a suspicious call, number one in big letters, hang up. Number two, Do not give them money or personal information. And number three, report the scam at oig.ssa.gov. So the main thing is, Patty, if you get one of these phone calls, hang up. Also, we need to understand that we can't really trust caller ID. We can't trust links or phone numbers in emails or texts about some alleged problem. So if you receive such a message that there's some kind of problem with your bank account or your credit card or your social security, don't click on a link or return the call on the number that they give you. If you see contact us by this link, contact us by this phone number, do not use that. Find a way to reach the organization through a number that you know and trust if you think there's a legitimate reason to be worried. That was such a shock to me. And I know it's been a couple of years now where phone numbers come up identifying themselves with a false identification. So you cannot count on that. So if someone calls, they may be just pretending to be from your bank or a credit card company. So call them back, hang up and call them back on the number that's on your bank statements or the back of your credit card. That would be the best way to make sure that you're getting the legitimate person or the legitimate company, because even websites can fool you. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't use the number that they give you on the particular text or message that you've received. So, Patty, the last big category of scams that are still very profitable right now for scammers are online shopping scams. Well, that makes sense because so many people do their shopping online now. And of course, it's a great opportunity for scammers to take advantage of that. I know we've covered it before, but how do we protect ourselves from scammers when we shop online? Criminals will use emails, texting, social media, and paid ads to lure shoppers to a supposed great deal on a hot item. And the goal is to serve up a fake site to steal login credentials or capture payment information or send malicious software to your computer. So again, don't click on any links or ads to go to a site. Type the web address directly into your browser. 
And also, when you're shopping, use a credit card because it offers you more protection than other kinds of payment options. Vicki, those are great tips. And how important is it to keep your antivirus software up to date? That is very important. And when you're shopping, Patty, it's also a good idea to stick with brands and companies that you know and that you've been successful with in the past. Right. And here's just a warning, Vicki. It seems like I myself have been the victim of quite a few different scams. Thank God I'm a part of Scam Squad. Who knows <laughs> what would have happened to me by now? But there's also anti-fraud sites or anti-malware sites that can actually put in malware on your computer. So again, be sure that you're downloading legitimate software. Very good point. I did not know that. Yeah. As we always say, if something appears too good to be true, darn it, it probably is. It probably is. We just can't get away from that, can we? And as the Fraud Watch Network always tells us, knowledge gives us power over scams. And when it comes to scams, vigilance is our number one weapon. And it's how we keep ourselves and our families safe from scams in the new year. Yeah, thank you, Vicki. The year in review for scams. Any good news today? I have a couple of pieces of good news. And since I thought it was the new year, I thought, well, we could use a couple of pieces of good news to start out. Just to give you an idea about how profitable some of these scams are before we leave this topic, I just got a bulletin in the mail, and here is the headline, Indian Scam Call Centers Made Over $10 billion by Scamming Americans. $10 billion. And this is from the FBI. The target of these scams are mostly adults, and they're scammed under the disguise of tech support, business investment, and romance-related scams. So the old favorites, $10 billion. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So we do need some good news. So here's the first piece of good news that I have. This is an oldie but goodie in terms of scams, the grandparent scam. And this just out, two defendants were sentenced for participating in nationwide grandparent scams. Now, these two defendants were women living in San Diego, and they were money launderers and knowingly money launderers. They weren't just duped into sending money. They knew what they were doing. So they obtained the money that was sent by victims, and they sent it by mail, by commercial carriers or wire transfers, and one defendant even went to the victim's homes to pick up the money. So that was sort of the new twist on the old scam for last year, where the scammers were actually going to your home to pick up the money. Kind of a scary thought. Even scarier. I mean, the whole grandparent scam is very scary. And I just don't have any sympathy for those women who scared people so much that they gave them money thinking that their grandchildren were in danger. And again, this article really underscored the emotional toll that these scams take on people. Right. And how it's just devastating and you don't really recover from being scammed like this. So the next piece of good news that I have, we often don't hear about victims getting money back, especially in imposter scams where people send money by Bitcoin. So in this particular case, the victim initially lost hundreds of thousands of dollars from his retirement fund. He was an elderly gentleman. And this was the money lost to an imposter scam where the fraudsters were claiming to be from the office of the inspector general. 
So once again, the imposter scam, and they told him that his personal information had been used to facilitate drug trafficking and that all of his assets had to be frozen. And what he needed to do was to deposit all of his funds into a secure government account until the government was able to verify that he wasn't involved in this criminal activity. Now, they were calling from another country. He didn't know this. And they had him withdraw his money and purchase Bitcoin, then put it into an account that they controlled. Now, normally, this would be money lost right, and thousands of dollars oh. from his retirement fund. Somehow, the feds got onto what was happening and they were able to act quickly. They were somehow able to seize the money in a federal forfeiture proceeding and return it to the victim. Good for the feds in this case. I really am appreciative that they were able to get that elderly gentleman his money back. Absolutely. So there is a piece of very good news to start off the new year. Thank you so (laughs) much, Vicki. I can't wait to hear what those scammers are up to next, but I know you'll be warning us next week. All right, I will. Okay, take care. Bye. You too. Bye.